Good evening, this is Pamela, and you're listening to Watchmen on the Pod. Um, quite frankly, I really don't have anything prepared. I'm not reading a book. I am just going to speak with you heart to heart um, about something that's been troubling me. And uh, now I believe I understand why I did not in the beginning. And what I mean in the beginning is I believe it was back in September, if I'm not mistaken, that I had heard about these um, accusations, about these horrible things that um, Ravi or Ravi Zacharias had done. And I was very troubled by it. And I was troubled because I thought it was because he was dead and he wasn't able to defend himself. And, you know, I just didn't understand it at all. And then I thought, Lord, why do I even care? I don't know who this man is. I don't sit underneath his teachings. I don't listen to his teachings. I really have no idea who this man is. So why am I so troubled? And then, you know, I kind of like let it go. And then uh, just last week, as a matter of fact, it was brought back to the surface because an investigation had been done and people had come forward. These women had come forward. And it's really heartbreaking, to be truthful with you. And I still was like, Lord, why am I troubled? I'm so troubled in my spirit over this. And I thought maybe it was because maybe he was innocent. I didn't know because I didn't know the man's heart. And like I said, I didn't know anything about his ministry. Well, it seemed like things were coming more and more in front of my eyes. I certainly wasn't searching for it. And it sounds like the man was guilty. That It does sound like that. And, you know, I don't know what his fate was before he breathed his last breath. I can't answer that. I do not know. I know do, I do have sorrow and I do have great sympathy and compassion for the women that was injured and um, abused. I, I really do. I do know what that is like. I myself um, a, I guess, um, a victim. I was at one time in my life. Uh, I was molested as a child and I was raped as a teenager and it just went on from there. So I know exactly what it feels like, the humiliation, the embarrassment and whatnot. Um, um, and, you know, that, that does trouble me, and my heart is broken for them. But I do know that Jesus Christ said that, uh, you know, ye who are heavy laden, you know, go to him. He'll give you rest. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Go to him. Give it to him. And I do know that that is where the healing is, is through the Lord Jesus Christ. No other a counselor cannot do it. Pills cannot do it. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can do it. So anyway, yesterday I was just going, going back and forth and, you know, and I had heard a couple of people ministering and it was like, oh my God, that's it right there. Wow. You know, before, I mean, if this would have happened, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, you know, when I was, you know, like a, a wild animal almost. And what I mean by that is like an untamed wild horse, you know, as soon as that gate's open, you know, I'm going to run out there and run free and just go crazy. But, you know, after being born again and coming to the Lord and him putting reins on me and teaching me, 
And uh, now it was like, you know, my mouth was shut. I'm not going to judge the man. I'm really seriously not. I am very sorry and sympathetic for those that was harmed through this. And I'm also very broken for the people that cannot quit judging this man and speaking about it. That's where the problem lies. What I mean by that? is um i'm very concerned about many in the church many in the church and i'm not saying i am by far not perfect no i am not perfect at all but what i'm saying is that we are supposed to not only be hearers of the word but we are supposed to be doers of the word and the word of god tells us that we are to bridle our tongue and it says in James one twenty six, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. And we are not to go around and voice our opinion. We are not supposed to go around and speak of things that we really don't know anything about. We really don't. We were not involved. And unless God Almighty himself said, okay, so-and-so, I'm going to bring you in on this, and you tell all the people, you may do well to just be quiet. Now, if someone come and ask your opinion or whatever, what do you say? Well, you know what? God knows I don't. I do know if he was guilty. Well, then he fell into the hands of a just God, and God is righteous, and God is holy, and sin will not enter in. And then you pray for the victims of this absolutely horrible thing that's taken place. Other than that, you really can't say much more because it does not concern you. And people say, yeah, but it concerns the body of Christ. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So your actions and your reactions to this is going to be under scrutiny let's say and if you're out there and you're just a gossiping and you're a whispering and you're a backbiting and you're throwing your opinion out there and you're judging and all that what different are you than the world really think about it you know in second corinthians 13 5 it tells us examine yourselves whether we be in the faith Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you? Except ye be reprobates. And you know, that right there is a very, very frightening, frightening thing. To me it is. And you know, here Pastor Paul, he had said also in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 27, But I keep my under my body and bring it unto subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Here it is, himself, he was concerned about it. And he's telling us he keeps himself, his body under subjection. It's not only the lust. Think about it. The tongue is part of that body. We need to be careful when we speak 
of things that we don't know anything about. Nothing we don't. You know, yes, we've heard the testimony. Yes, we've heard the accusations. And I understand that. But you know what? You're not the judge. You're not the one that's going to judge him at the end of the day, are you? You yourself will be judged also at the end of the day. And a lot of people says, the church ain't going to be judged. Our works are. Uh, yeah, but if your heart's not right, you're not going to be before the beam of seat of Christ. I'm sorry, but you're going to be at the great white throne judgment. And you will hear the words, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, for I know you not. Sin is not going to enter in. Now, the thing is, that really, really gets me is here's people, and the, I know some <laughs> that, you know, they're going on and on about, you know, how he had done this and this sexual sin. And, you know, you can't believe that he had done such a horrible thing. And these people themselves are sitting in the church pews, raising their hands, praising God. And they are in a second marriage while their first spouse is still alive. They're in adultery. They're in sexual sin, too. But they can see other people's sins, but they won't read the word of God and find out themselves that they're in sexual sin themselves. Now, you know, I'm not being harsh. I'm being truthful. The word of God says that if you divorce, then you are to remain single. And then if your covenant spouse dies, then you're free to remarry. You cannot have a second husband while your first husband is still alive. Because in God's eyes, that second relationship you're having is nothing but adultery in his eyes. Because he sees your covenant husband or your covenant wife that is still alive. They are your wife or husband of your youth. And if you want to get back together with them, he says to reconcile with them. Guess what? He doesn't say remarry them. No, he says reconcile with them because in his eyes you're still married because it's until death do you part. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. It is only death that separates you from that covenant marriage. A divorce decree does not. Moses only allowed it because the hard-heartedness of the people. But Jesus said from the beginning, it was not so. So you need to understand, before you start pointing out other people's sins, before you start speaking ill of other people, you might want to examine yourself and look in the mirror. And the mirror is the word of God and find out what you look like in that mirror because you know what you might find out that you're as dirty as somebody else and you didn't even know it but God wants to show you God wants you to see God wants to forgive you and he will forgive you you know a lot of people says yeah, I'm born again though I live under grace you know you know God forgave me for that excuse me but if you're still going back to that bed every single night with that adulterous person you're committing adultery all over again. Repentance means to turn away from that sin. People need to understand that. They have this crazy idea that they're justified in what they're doing because they had gotten married while they were out in sin, divorced while they were out in sin, and now remarried, and now they're born again, and God has forgotten all about their first husband. Where does the word of God say that? Where? Where? Please show me where. He doesn't. John the Baptist was killed because he told King Herod and Herodias about their sin. 
he married his brother Philip's wife. Philip was still alive, and he told him, "What well, you're, you're breaking the law. That's a sin. That's a sin. And Herodias was so angry and so vengeful. When, as, soon, as soon as she found an opportunity to get that man dead, she said to her daughter, you tell my husband that you want the head of John the Baptist on a charger. And she did. And because he made a vow in front of people, in front of people, he didn't want to say face. He didn't want egg on his face. He didn't want to look like that, you know, he breaks promises. So he had to do it. He didn't want to because he was scared and he had every right to be scared. But he did it. And John the Baptist was killed because he stood on the word of God and told them they were living in sin, that it was wrong for him to have his brother Philip's wife. That's the word of God, brothers and sisters. That's the word of God. Paul tells us, he says, you know, he had said that um, I say, then he says, not I, but the Lord Jesus Christ, that if you marry and then you divorce, then you're to say single, single. You cannot remarry while that other person's still alive. You can't because it is adultery. You know, I had this one person tell me, yeah, but you know what? That was when I was out in sin and God's forgiven me for that. Your marriage was not a sin. You got to get that. You got to understand that, brothers and sisters. You are forgiven for the sins you had committed. That marriage vow that you took before God and man was not a sin. No. May not have been the smartest move on your part. But you didn't go to God and ask him who to marry because you weren't serving God. But you made that vow before God and man. You need to understand that. That vow is binding. And you know what? Woe to you if you say, I made an error when I made that vow because that is not a good thing to do. Trust me, it's not. Then you have Joshua. When the um, Gibeonites had come to him and they, they pretended like they had had a long journey. Their bread was molded. Their their um, flask was all tore up. Their clothes was tore up. Their shoes was wore out. And they said they had a long journey. And he made a covenant with them. And then when he found out that they lied, that they were liars, he wanted to break that covenant. And God would not allow him to break that covenant. How much greater is a marriage covenant? I want you to think about that. Because the marriage covenant from the very beginning, when God made Adam go to sleep and took the rib out of his side in order to create him a bride, it was a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and his bride, us, the church. He takes the marriage covenant very serious. You need to understand that. Now, there's many that, you know, people say, well, I would never do that. I would never do that. I can't believe that he did that. Well, you know what the word of God says? Now, all these things happen unto them for in samples, talking about them in the Old Testament. And they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, Take heed, lest he fall. 
You think that you're okay. You think that, you know, temptation's not going to come your way. And then if it does, you'll be able to stand no problem at all. You're not going to fall. Woe is you. I'm telling you what. Because it says in the word of God that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Very dangerous. I'm telling you what. I don't know about anyone else, but I know I live a life of repentance. You know, there's many times I'm throughout the day I'm constantly repenting. No, I may not be doing anything outwardly to where other people could see it, but you know what? I know if I think an evil thought, God already knows what I'm thinking. And I ask Him to forgive me. There's a lot of sins that I ask Him to forgive me, and nobody else is aware of it, but it's Him and I. And if I have sinned, I've sinned against God in heaven. Not against man. I sinned against God. And that's why I repent every single day. Many times, many times throughout the day. Because you know what? I'm still human. I'm in this flesh. And this flesh is enmity with the spirit. They're constantly battling. They're constantly raging. I don't know about anyone else. But I have not reached that point of perfection yet. If you have, praise God, that's wonderful. Now, listen to this. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. That's in Psalms 34, 13. Oh my goodness. 1 Peter 3.10 says, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, you know, it speaks about whispers and murmurs and backbiters. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Let me do that right now because I want to get it exactly right. What Paul was telling us, because you know what? A lot of people, they don't seem to realize they don't. I don't know if they don't realize they don't care or they, they just think that, you know, God's going to overlook their foolishness and God's not going to overlook it. He's not. He's not. All right. Let's see where it speaks about being filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetedness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, that right there is divorce, you guys, without natural infection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such a things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Listen, somebody wants to start gossiping to you, say, you know what, I gotta go, or I don't want to hear that, let's talk about something else, but I, I don't want to be partaker of this sin here. Call it what it is, it's sin. You don't need to hear it. You know, there's a lot of people, like you said, that is talking about this. And there they are. I mean, they are really, really, you know, casting condemnation upon this man. But how do we know that he did not seek God's forgiveness before he breathed his last breath? We don't know, but God does. You know, be careful. Be careful. You know, if you think you stand, you know, take heed lest ye fall. Come on. Please, brothers and sisters, be careful. So many people, at the end of the day, so many people 
are going to have to give answers for these idle words that they have spoken over this past week concerning this. Pray for those that's been hurt. Pray for those people. It's too late to pray for Mr. Zacharias. It's way too late. He's gone now. You know, there's no purgatory. You can't pray him out of hell. You can't do it. I mean, if he is in hell, I don't know. But you could still pray for those women. Pray that they don't get bitterness in their heart. Pray, pray that they don't become hardened toward the Lord Jesus Christ, thinking that this man was representing Jesus. Pray for these women. Pray for those outside of the church that's looking in and seeing all of this heresy, all of this wickedness that's going on. Because you know what? There's more wickedness than what Rabbi Zacharias was doing. It is those that's whispering, murmuring, backbiting, judging, having an unbridled tongue, especially in front of the lost bringing shame upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're bringing a reproach upon him. You're giving him, the enemy of the cross, a reason to blaspheme when you sit there and you partake at the devil's table by gossiping and whispering and judging. Do you think you're any better? Do you think that, you know, after all those years that you've been serving God, that, you know, you, you finally made it? Let me tell you what, the enemy does not quit until that last breath is expelled from your lungs. And he will put temptation before you. He knows you better than you know you. There is only one that knows you better than Satan, and that is God Almighty himself. Satan has seen you and observed you. From the time you were born, basically, when you think about it, he knows what temptations that he can give you know, put in front of you that could make you fall. He knows your desires. He knows your lusts. Be careful. Don't sit there and judge other people thinking that it's not going to come back at you. Because it will. Mark my words, it will. Be careful. Don't judge other people. Look at your own self. Examine yourself to make sure you're still in the faith. As I said, an unbridled tongue. Oh, no, 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 no. That is not good. Bridle that tongue. Keep your thoughts to yourself. Keep your judgment to yourself. Take it to the Lord. Ask him to help you. Put a rein upon that tongue, that small little member, lest at the end you become a castaway. Fear the Lord. You know, we're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Do you not fear the Lord and his, and his judgment? Do you not fear the fact that this entire word is going to be open and you're going to be judged by that word? Do you not fear that every idle word you speak, you will have to give account for? Do you not fear God anymore? Where is the fear of the Lord? What is going on? I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, you know, the word tells us it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And let me tell you what it is. It is. Tread softly. In this matter, tread softly. 
Don't bring a reproach on the, on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't do it. If you cannot keep your tongue bridled when it comes to what's going on, then you know what? Don't call yourself a Christian. Don't do it. Don't bring a reproach on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because you have an unbridled tongue and you can't keep your thoughts to yourself. Don't do it. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? You know, I want you to think about something really clear. Jesus not once pointed out Judas's sin, did not point out that he was a thief and that he was stealing from the purse, did he? No, he did not. As a matter of fact, when he came to him in the garden and kissed him on the cheek, he says, friend, he called him friend. You betray the son of man with a kiss, friend. I don't know about you, but I know I'm not greater than my master. Pray for those women that's been hurt. But other than that, keep your mouth shut. Go to the Lord in prayer. I, I have struggled over this and I did not understand why. I even said, I don't even know why I care. I even said to the Lord, Lord, why, why am I troubled about this? Why do I even care? It's not my business. I never watched the man. I don't know anything about the man. But think about it. You know, <laughs> there's so many things I want to say. And, oh my goodness, just like this says, let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. By which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of faith. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Think about these things. That is the word of God. Are you speaking ill of Rabbi Zacharias and the things that, you know, he's been accused of and judging him? Are you edifying God? Are you edifying the people that's hearing you? Are you glorifying God with those words? You need to glorify God by keeping silent and praying for the victims. But you need not to put your opinion out there in front of those people. You do not. Because that brings a reproach on the Lord Jesus Christ. And believe me, you will answer for it. Every idle word we will be judged for. I don't know, brothers and sisters. But I just wanted to tell you this because it's been something that's really been eating away at me. It has and now I understand why. You know what? Any one of us could fall into temptation today. Any one of us could do the same thing that man did. Why? Because we are men of like <laughs> passions. We are. That's the word of God. 
You might sit there and say, oh, no, I would never. I would never. Oh, but I tell you what, the minute you start saying you would never, the enemy is right there. Oh, yeah. Well, let's see then, because you're challenging him in order to tempt you just to see how far you will go. Be careful. Be very careful. I love you all so very, very much. I do. Keep your eyes on Jesus, brothers and sisters, please. And your nose in the book, which is the word of God. And keep your nose in your own business. And embed the word of God upon the tablets of your hearts. So you will not sin against God or be deceived. We are living in a very dark time in this world and deception is rampant. But you know what? One of the greatest things is self-deception. Just like I said, you know, there's people that are pointing out all the sexual sin that's going on. And they're pointing at this Rabbi Zacharias, but they don't even realize they're sitting in the pews thinking they're all holier than thou. And they're in their second, third, fourth marriage while their first husband or wife is still alive. And yet they are in adultery. And they don't even recognize it because the world says, oh, it's okay. But the word of God says, no, you are an adulterer. You are an adulterer. You're in adultery. That is a sexual sin. So before you start pointing out other people's sins, you might want to look, like I said, into the word of God, which is a mirror, and find out what you look like. Examine yourself, brothers and sisters. Examine yourself. I love you all so very much with all of my heart, and I'm not being harsh. I'm just telling you exactly what the Word of God says. Pray for those women that's been injured. Pray for them. Pray for the body of Christ, that we will exalt and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, not bring a reproach on His name because we can't bridle our tongue, because we think our opinion matters. Our opinion means nothing. It's what the Word of God says that means everything. Use your tongue to praise Him. Use your tongue to edify and encourage, not to tear down. Like I said, I love you all so very, very much. I'm just going to close it there. Have a good night. Bye-bye.